What's good, everybody? It's your boy, Big Baby Jonathan here. Welcome to the latest edition of the Big Baby Jonathan Sports Podcast Show online right now. I got Mark Medina. How's it going, man? I'm doing good, man. So, uh, how's your quarantine going? And tell us what have you been doing during the quarantine? Yeah, for me, man, I've just been uh, doing my podcast, implementing um, different ideas like Chargers, NFL, MLB. Just keeping busy, man, you know? Yeah, it's crazy, man. I'm staying inside. All I do before I I just leave, go get groceries, come back. You know, it's too risky out there. You know what I mean? Yeah, so uh, you work for National Reporter for USA Today. So tell us a little bit about being an NBA reporter. around the league um so you know when teams come into la i try to see what sort of things i can set up with them try to see where i can travel and then if there's news that hits um thankfully my colleague jeff silgit i is uh, jeff silgit's a really good guy to work with but we're beholden to some of those major things going on so sometimes you kind of have to drop what you're doing uh 
plans. So it's it's never a dull moment, to say the least. Yeah. Um, I asked you this question yesterday. We had technical difficulties. Uh, what was your favorite moment or favorite story about being a sports writer? Man, favorite story. Um, yeah, that's really hard to say. I think it's the overall theme of like when I covered the Lakers and the Warriors. Um, just the fact that you're covering teams that people cared about. You know, they had won championships. They had so much star. Uh, talent on that team and so I, I think it was a really good you know crash course into learning what it takes to, to cover a major beat because there's so many other outlets that are also covering that team and so you have to find your way to compete not just on news but also differentiate yourself in the marketplace with different long-term stories um so i think that's kind of the major thing i mean you can go down the line as far as kobe bryant memories may rest in peace or any other laker and with the warriors with steph curry or kevin durant but i think it's really kind of the big picture of you know these were two accomplished nba teams that i got to cover and i certainly did not care one way or the other if these teams won or not i was really just rooting to to make sure i got deadline get good stories and and you know minimize my losses of getting beat on the uh you know compared to my competitors but the fact that both of those teams have such a devoted fan base and are so relevant in the nba um i couldn't have asked for anything more yeah man that's um you do a good job at what you do man i love your articles that you write keep it up man oh, thank you i'm really humbled to hear that yeah and, uh I certainly sometimes get the opposite from folks, so I'll take uh, I'll take any compliments I would. Yeah. I don't take it for granted. Yeah. Um, before you were in, like I, we talked to you yesterday before we had inter, uh, technical difficulties. Before you were a reporter or a sports writer, you were in Syracuse. So tell my viewers and fans, you were a, your viewer, uh, your Syracuse. You went to college for that. Yeah. Us. So um, you know, if you rewind it even a little bit earlier, I, I went. I grew up in York, Pennsylvania, went to the York Suburban High School, and at that point I knew I already wanted to get into this field, uh, and so I started writing for my student newspaper in middle school and then in high school, and I wound up getting an opportunity because we were at a journalism workshop at my hometown paper, New York Daily Record. I talked to the sports editor about uh, Chris Otto about trying to see if there's any writing opportunities. It was a little bit naive to think that because you're just in high school, but we were in touch, and then it, by the time my sophomore year hit, there was an interest in having me help out with some of their Friday night football coverage. So I did that from my sophomore year to junior and senior year, and I also helped out a little bit with basketball and baseball, um, and also you know worked for my uh, school's television station. And I still keep in touch with him to this day, my teacher, uh, Joe Torn. He's been really great. And so that really gave me a great foundation and clarity into what I want to do. So I decided to apply to a few good journalism schools, including Syracuse. Thankfully, I got in, and then I wound up working at the student newspaper there and eventually at the TV station there, you know, doing a lot of college sports at Syracuse. You know, first you start out with the non-revenue sports, and eventually mm-hmm. I got to be able to do – you know, football, base, uh, basketball, and lacrosse, which is one of their main sports in Syracuse. And, you know, each summer I was able to also do a summer internship. So after my sophomore year, I interned at Inside Lacrosse Magazine in Baltimore, Maryland. After my junior year, I interned at the Washington Times. Um, after I graduated my senior year, I interned at the Richmond Times this 
match in Richmond, Virginia. And I, you know, fortunately was able to parlay that into an internship with the LA Times uh, shortly after that internship in Richmond ended. So I moved out west, and, you know, kind of the rest is history, where that evolved into an entry-level position in the sports department at the LA Times. You know, that lasted about eight months, and then they had a round of layoffs, unfortunately. I was one of the casualties, but they quickly rehired me back a few weeks later to run their Lakers blog, and I think that was the biggest opportunity there because that was, you know, my foot in the door and being able to cover a high-profile team, and certainly I was low on the totem pole. I wasn't one of the beat writers traveling. I wasn't one of the columnists writing opinions. I was shooting video and updating our website and and doing things from there. But you know, I parlayed that uh, in the middle of the 2009-10 season when the Lakers won the championship against the Celtics, and I got through that gig uh, up through the lockout season in 2011-12, and then. I became a beat writer for the Lakers for the LA Daily News that first year that I'm sure Laker fans will want to forget when Steve Nash and Dwight Howard came on board and the season ended with Kobe's uh, Achilles injury. And I wound up being uh, that beat writer uh, up through Luke Walton's first season coaching the Lakers and then went to the Bay Area News Group to cover the Warriors same role, but I figured it's good to kind of expand my bandwidth because I ultimately wanted to become uh, an NBA writer. So I did that for two years, and then fortunately this past summer, USA Today was looking to hire another NBA reporter based out west, Um, and so I think the cards kind of align, but I was had already covered the Lakers, already covered the Warriors, had some familiarity with you know people in the organization, and they asked if I was willing to move back to L.A., and it was a no-brainer. So uh, it, it's been one interesting journey, to say the least. Yeah, that's what's up, man. But for me, man, I was going to try to be a sports writer. I used to live in Sacramento and, and didn't have any of those classes, so I just like, no, let me try a podcast. And I, like implemented my podcast and I'm I love what I do I'm very passionate you know what I mean and sometimes I get hate but actually I thrive off the hate you know what I mean like the late great Kobe Bryant and speaking of Kobe man uh what was it like interviewing Kobe and was it was were there questions that you were asking him tough to ask him or you just went for it I just went for it I mean he uh he was someone that, you know, I think respected people who weren't afraid to ask him tough questions. I mean, I think for him, it was a matter of, hey, do you have the same level of dedication preparation that, that he showed on the basketball court? And, you know, a lot of good memories. I think for him, you know, he was a case study as well as Syracuse coach Jim Beheim, where these were two high-profile people that really taught you what it takes to – you know, interview people because you can't be afraid to ask tough questions, but you also don't want to be the guy that's just trying to instigate and get a rise out of them. Um, I think that they respected people regardless of who their affiliate was. Uh, People that did their homework, asked intelligent questions, was curious, was creative. Um, But at the same time, I mean, because of just the tragedy with with Kobe and his 13-year-old daughter Gianna, when I reflect back, uh, there's certainly going to be a lot of memories, but because of all that, it's going to be a lot of sorrow. I mean, I'm very thankful that I, I was able to interview him for a few stories for USA Today, you know, nine days before he passed away. But the fact that it was only nine days before that happened and the subject matter, which involved how he was making his transition from his NBA career to all these different projects he was doing and coaching his daughter, 
um, it really, I think, exacerbated the grief that I already would have felt. And, you know, look, I can't compare that grief to what the Bryant family is going through, the Lakers, anyone in the NBA. But I can totally relate to why, you know, Laker fans and everyone around the world, um, you know, were really somber and, you know, in tears when when that tragic news uh, came about on January 26th. And, you know, I think on one hand, you know, this whole year, not just in the NBA, but in this, this whole world, it's re- really reinforced of, you know, don't take anything for granted and, and kind of be, even through the tough times, be grateful for what you have. And I, I think that lesson can't be emphasized enough with what's going on with the coronavirus and then what went on with Kobe's tragedy. But at the same time, you know, people that have been feeling down this year, it's for legitimate reasons. There's very real pain that people are going through. And I think certainly wish that those things wouldn't have happened, but I think it's because of those tragedies, it's reinforced, I think, the need for everyone together to just make the best of what you have, count your blessings every day, and and try to support each other. Yeah, I agree with that, man. I saw a video that Kobe always said, just don't um, don't be sad, put your head up, keep moving forward, put one foot in front of the other. Life's too short to be buckled down and being sad, you know? And I yeah, agree with that. Yeah, for sure. And, I agree and with you that know 100%. what, I mean, this is kind of a rough analogy, but but it's, uh, you know, I, I think it kind of applies to the situation. You, you know, Jonathan, when he tore his Achilles and he had these injuries, uh, toward the end of his career, he certainly had his frustrations. He's even admitted that he had some self-doubt, and not, that's not wrong. I, I think that that's a healthy thing to have. You're showing that you're vulnerable. You're not pretending that everything's perfect. But I think the thing that Kobe often emphasizes mm-hmm. is that you know through those tough times, uh, you can't allow it to derail your determination to try to find a way to scrap and fight. And look, when you're looking at Kobe's career, you know, as you know, nothing was ever perfect. I think there's a lot of, you know, fair-minded folks that have differing opinions about his leadership style and how he was as a teammate and that sort of thing. But, you know, what isn't debatable is, is one, his competitiveness, his talent. But I think the most important thing is his resiliency. So, and I think one of the underrated parts about Kobe's uh, career and legacy, yeah, you can point to the five championships and you know the fourth place standing all time scoring list. But I think the way he handled the end of his career, where he easily could have you know hung it up after having three consecutive season-ending injuries and in his final season filled with a lot of injuries to count and. Uh, that wasn't his best basketball. He'll be the first to admit it. Uh, but he still was able to overcome them because of his devotion to his recovery and his, you know, maniacal determination to find a way to still be effective. And you know, there's a lot of losing along with that. But I think you could also uh, argue that there was a lot of winning in the fact that he overcame injuries that others would have quit on. And hey, look, he still had enough to end his you know, career in his final game scoring 60 points uh, at 37 years old. And <laughs> I don't think really anyone else could have done that. Yeah, man, Kobe Bryant's a legend. I love his worth ethic. He fights to anything. I remember when he broke his finger and gave it, he popped it back in place and then scored on the next play. Like Kobe's demeanor on the court is going to be missed. And just outside of basketball, just his drive for everything he does around the, around the world. His book, you know, he takes like, 
things seriously when it comes to getting the work done. You know what I mean? He won a, an Academy Award. You know what I mean? I just uh, I'm gonna miss Kobe, man. Tremendous, man. For sure, and I, I think that you know the tragic thing about Kobe is that look, he you know he he lived a full life. I um, mean, he had everything he wanted. He he obviously wanted to win more and more and more in the NBA, but you know I sense that toward the tail end of his career, and certainly when I last spoke with him in person, that he was at peace with his accomplishments. But what's tragic is that. You know, he was still young, 41 years old, and he had so many more, so much ambition left for his next chapter. And then the other thing is Gianna was just getting started. She's 13 years old. Yeah. You know, she's just growing into a teenager. She has these ambitions of wanting to become a really good women's basketball player. She's taking, you know, a lot of Kobe's mannerisms in terms of his competitiveness and his intellectual curiosity. I mean, I can't even fathom and process fully just how you wrap your head around that and the grief the family's going through. And certainly we saw a window into that during his uh, memorial and Gianna's memorial when Vanessa Bryant spoke. And a lot of courage and a lot of conviction, a lot of strong, warm words about both, you know, her husband and Kobe and her daughter and Gianna. But uh, I still to this day can't wrap my head around kind of making sense of it all. Yeah, me too, man. It's crazy, man. Like, Kobe's daughter, Gianna, man, I see, like, the mama mentality in her, like, her way that she... Because I saw a couple highlights. She had that Kobe Bryant mentality, man, scoring the basketball, playing that defense, passionate, you know? And Kobe was good coaching, too, at the Mamba Academy, man. He had that, like, veteran coaching leadership over there, you know what I mean? For sure, for sure. It's, uh... There's a lot of things that he left, but I think, you know, again, what's... What, what's tragic and has left me, you know, a little uh, wistful, you know, first certainly when it first happened and, and since then is that as much as he accomplished so much on the court, there was still so much left that he wanted to accomplish off the court. And tragically, that's that's not to be. Yeah, man. It's Kobe's going to miss tremendously, man. But Mark Medina, I want to thank you for being on the show, man. Go ahead and give out your social media so they can follow you. Yeah, thanks for having me, Jonathan. Um, yeah, Mark Medina with USA Today. So you could certainly go to the website, usatoday.com. Uh, you know, we're in really tough times here with the coronavirus. So, you know, supporting journalism, including USA Today, is huge. So we have a lot of good subscription deals printed online. And, you know, it's not just uh, a publication that gives you a lot of sports. It's got the main news of what's going on. But I'm also on social media, Twitter, uh, Mark G underscore Medina, Instagram, Medina Syracuse, and Jonathan, I mean, just want to end with, you know, the, the fact that you were mentioning how, you know, you, you have these dreams, you have these ambitions, and you want to do these things. I mean, this is this is the first step. I mean, you just have to keep getting reps, keep uh, perfecting it. You know, when mistakes happen, just work through them and just see where it takes you. Yep. Appreciate the, the words of encouragement, man, and uh, we'll talk soon. All right. Thanks so much. Yeah.